You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. We have a big hand for, for the band for, for Martin. Thank you so much for leading us. Martin, so great to have you here. What an honor for us. Thank you. And uh, many of you will know Martin Smith as an incredible songwriter and worship leader. Some of you the, will know him as the front man of Delirious. But before Delirious was Cutting Edge, and some of us in the room are old enough to remember Cutting Edge was a worship event in Littlehampton on the south coast, which gave rise to Delirious. And, uh, and Martin was the worship leader at that event and wrote some songs. And uh, I just want to let you know that you had a part in bringing me and Esther together. Uh, because what had happened for both of us, this is in the day before the internet, and so viral meant a friend. Um, so like a song going viral meant a friend purchased one of these. Who remembers what these? This is, a, this is called a tape or a cassette. All the children in the room, you probably never, may never have seen one of, no, never seen one of these. Uh, come and have a look at it, it's amazing. It's, uh, it's a kind of historic, it's a historic item. And, uh, but back in the day, a song going viral meant a friend spent their, their hard-earned cash, bought one of these, put it in the post with a note, and said, you need to listen to this. And this is what happened uh, for both of Esther and myself. We got sent Cutting Edge 1 or given Cutting Edge 1 because people were saying, God is all over this. Something's happening in Littlehampton. And, and my response was, where's Littlehampton? Um, but on the first night that we met together, like we, we found out, we were like, oh, have you heard this? Like literally the first time we met, we said, oh, I've come across this amazing thing, these songs, God's breathing on this. And like, so have I. And we started, we connected over Cutting Edge. And so I want to say thank you for writing songs that have changed the world, but thank you for bringing us together as well, because our children are very grateful. Um, so there you go. I also want to say a huge welcome to anybody who's here for the very first time in the room. Absolutely delighted to have you here. If you're joining us online, welcome to you also. And it's our joy uh, to have you here. And as you've heard, different ways to connect. We'd love to connect with you. If you're here in the room, heading over to the side at the end or just using the forward slash connect on our website. And uh, if you're a student arriving back in the city or freshly into the city, then a special welcome to you. And, and don't be shy. Uh, do, uh, do connect and let us know that you're here and see how we can help you. Well, I wonder if you've got a Bible, if you turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament and chapter 1. I want to bring a word today, which is not really uh, a preach, uh, or a, I mean a teach, I should say, more a prophetic word for some people. I believe the Lord wants to stir some movement in some of us, and our sense of freshness in the Spirit, uh, even here in this service today, of a gear shift, and I believe the Lord wants to provoke movement in us. The Bible is full of movement. While you're getting yourself to Deuteronomy, faith, the Bible says, is substance. Faith is substance, meaning that faith is not just something we believe, it's something we do. If we believe it, we're going to do it. And the Bible is full of faith and full of movement. Uh, the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus says, uh, daughter, your faith has healed you. He knew she had faith because she pushed through, like she did something. She made a move. Jonathan and the armor bearer scaling up the cliff towards their enemies. And uh, because they had faith, they made a move. Bartimaeus 
crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they, they tried to quiet him down. It said he shouted all the louder. Why? Because he had faith and he stepped out. He made a move. And I believe God wants us to be a people that continue to move and make shifts and make moves and sense the Spirit would be saying to some of us, it's time to make a move. So this is uh, Deuteronomy 1. I'm going to read verses 1 to 8. Uh, These are the words Moses spoke to all Israel in the wilderness east of the Jordan, that is in the Arabah, opposite Suf, between Paran and Tophel, Laban, Hazaroth, and Dizahab. It takes 11 days to go from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea by the Mount Seir Road. In the 40th year, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses proclaimed to the Israelites all the Lord had commanded him concerning them. This was after he had defeated Sion, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, and Edre had defeated Og, king of Bashan, who reigned at Ashtaroth. East of the Jordan, in the territory of Moab, Moses began to expound the law, saying, and this is what I want us to focus in today, the Lord said, the Lord our God said to us at Horeb, you have stayed long enough at this mountain, break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites, going into all the neighboring peoples in the Arabah, in the mountains, in the western foothills, in the Negev, along the coast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates. See, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. This is the word of the Lord. Yeah, thanks be to God we can say that. Um, I want to say to any kids that are in the room, if you've got one of those packs and it says the big idea, well, the big idea, I suppose, is that God wants us to keep on moving. And if you want to draw something, if any kids are here and you've, you've got your pens and paper out, then maybe, maybe you could draw somehow God's people camped at the foot of this mountain called Horeb. And uh, God is speaking to them and saying, it's time to move. It's time to make a move. Break camp and advance. That is my title, if you want a title for today. Break camp and advance. You know, sometimes, friends, we can find ourselves stuck. A bit like the man at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5. He's been there for 38 years. And Jesus says to him, do you want to get well? And it's really interesting, his, his response to that. He doesn't actually say yes. He describes all the circumstances as to why he's there. He's obviously created this narrative around his life as to why he's stuck. And it's not actually his fault. But Jesus is saying, do you want to get well? And then Jesus enables him to make a move. He says, get up, take up your mat and walk and gives him a breakthrough. But sometimes we can find ourselves a bit stuck. Sometimes we can actually build narratives around our lives as to why we're stuck, but God doesn't seem to want to engage with those excuses, but more to say, come on, get up, take up your mat and walk, or you've stayed long enough at this mountain, break camp and advance. Sometimes we can find ourselves maybe not stuck, but static. And the Bible speaks to us to go from faith to faith and grace to grace, and glory to glory. We're going to come back to Deuteronomy, but just home in for a moment with me, if you would, on these incredible verses from 2 Peter 1. It says, make every effort, can we say every effort? To add to your faith, 
goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, can we say increasing measure? If you possess all these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This says to me, no matter how long I've been a believer, I need to keep growing. I need to keep moving. There's more for me to attain to. I'm not yet fully conformed into the likeness of Christ. So from glory to glory and faith to faith. But however long we've been a Christian, whether you're a brand new Christian or whether, whether God has, has been part of your life for decades, sometimes he'll provoke us to make a move. Sometimes we don't realize it's time to make a move. We've just got used to our rhythms. Maybe our prayer life has become weak or our confession isn't what it should be. And the Lord would say, say you've stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance. It's time to make a move. I'd like us to notice three things from this passage we've read in Deuteronomy. The first one thing is this, that the Lord called time on Horeb. The Lord called time on Horeb. Here's the, the Horeb is the mountain. It's the, it's the mountain of God. It's a holy place. The context here is Moses is recapping some of what we've seen and heard in, in, in Numbers, in Exodus and Numbers and Leviticus. He's recapping. It's Moses just before Israel about to go in and take the promised land. And he's speaking to Israel. And actually, at the end of Deuteronomy, Moses dies, and the baton of leadership goes to Joshua. And in the next chapter of the next book, they are on the move into the promised land. But Moses is recapping, looking back. And he begins by saying, The Lord our God said to us at this mountain, You've stayed here long enough, break camp and advance. The context was that God had delivered his people out of Egypt miraculously provided uh, manna and quail in the desert. He'd revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. He provided water out of a rock and he led them to this mountain, Sinai or Horeb. And it was a place of encounter. It was an awesome place. It was a place where the Ten Commandments were given. It's the place where the glory of God was revealed through Moses. It was a place where the tabernacle was established and priests were appointed for worship, where the Ark of the Covenant was made and the glory of God dwelt. This was all at Horeb. Horeb was not a bad place, by the way, but it was not their destination. Hello? And the thing is, it, it wasn't the people saying, Lord, can we please move on? I thought you promised us a promised land. It wasn't the people. The people had got very used to Horeb. The people were sailed in Horeb, but it was the Lord who said, I didn't bring you here to stay here. You've stayed here long enough. And the same thing I think can happen to us often. I'm aware there's a whole other story because they do break camp and advance and then they lose their confidence and their faith and they take another 40 years. It's another message for another day. But here I, I sense the Lord saying to some of us, you've stayed long enough at this mountain. You've stayed long enough in this place looking for us to make a move. You know, if you feel the Lord speaking to you clearly, obviously you need to obey him. But I'm not principally sensing the Lord is provoking in us a geographical move, a, a move from a, from a job or a house or something. He might be speaking to you. The danger with a message like this is I could have a queue of people at the end want to shake my hand and say, this is our last Sunday at CLM. The Lord's just spoken to us. 
I'm sensing the Lord will want to provoke in us our attitudes and our rhythms and our practices and our confession and say it's time to make a move. Some things to change. Sometimes the Lord calls time on things that need to be dealt with. Some things that maybe have been on our, on our lives for a long time. It's like the people of God, when they go into the promised land, you get to Joshua chapter 5, and at Gilgal, they're about to go in and take Jericho. And the Lord says, pause, stop, right here, renew covenant. And a whole generation uh, that have not been circumcised in the wilderness are circumcised. And God says, see today, I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. He sees something that is on them. Sometimes we can pass through circumstances and situations and pain and we think we've moved on, but God can see something on us and he'll call time. So I don't want you to stay here anymore. It's time to make a move. I remember a, a guy coming up to me years ago and said, will you pray for me? And, and I just began gently to pray. I didn't even put a hand on him. And he fell to the ground and started manifesting demonically. And he was set free from something that he'd been carrying for 30 years. And it was like the Lord just said, I'm not having this on you anymore. I'm going to set you free from it. Sometimes God will see things that are on us. Sometimes we just get stuck in a frame of mind. Like Samuel, when the Lord says to him, how long will you mourn for Saul? Fill your horn with oil. Be on your way. He's stuck in a frame of mind of disappointment and mourning and not unreasonably so. But, but the Lord moves on. Sometimes the Lord just provokes in us that actually it's time to take a step. And I think the last 18 months have taken a toll on many of us. And we've established rhythms and, and, and practices and ways of doing things out of necessity. But the Lord would come today and say, you've stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance. It's time for a shift. It's time for a move. You know, probably when we went into the pandemic, we said something, something like, um, when this is all over. But who knows, the problem is that, that we probably thought at that time there was going to become a point of clarity that was as clear as when we went into it. And now we're at this place where we go, well, it, it's not going to be that clear, is it? And yet we're still carrying things that have become embedded and entrenched. And the Lord would say, I want you to make a move. I don't want you to stay in this place. Maybe we don't feel ready to move. But what if the Lord is stirring us? I know some people who've said some things, who said, I'm, I'm not going to come to church until, or I'm, I'm not going to do this until. And I don't think it's what the Lord said. I think it's what we've said. And my question is, what's the Lord saying? The Lord, our God, said to us at Horeb, You've stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance. I want to encourage us to, let me ask the question of you. What is the Lord saying to you? What's the Lord saying to you? Is he stirring something? Is he provoking something in you? Is he putting his holy finger on something in your life? The second thing I'd like us to notice from this story is they, they had to leave to enter. They had to leave to enter. I know this is very, very basic stuff. You kind of have to leave to enter, don't you? You can't, you can't enter onto the first floor uh, uh, while you're still on the ground floor. Unless you're very, very tall, I suppose that maybe it might be possible. But generally speaking, you've got to leave to enter. And God said to them, break camp in advance. Break camp. Can we all say break camp? Break camp 
an advance. They had to pack everything up. They had to load everything up. They had to say goodbye. It wasn't leave some stuff here as a base to come back to as kind of a plan B. It was break camp, get everything up, pull those tent pegs up that you've driven hard into the ground because I am moving you on. And in order to enter, we have to leave. When the Lord called us here to Coventry, we were We'd, our lives had been very much like 20 years plus had been in Nottingham. It's only an hour up the road. And I, I remember someone saying to us like, are you going to move? Or are you going to kind of live there and pass it? We're like, we've got to move. Of course we've got to move. We've got to be among the people. We've got to love the city. We've got to come. We've got to leave it all behind. We've got to leave in order to enter, to step into what God wants us to do. It wasn't about the commute. It was about the call. We had to leave some things behind in order to enter. And if many of you will have done this, when you pack up your life and what has been your home, it goes back into a house. I remember pulling the door on a shell of a building that had been our home. Our kids had been born, not literally in that house, but at that time of us being in that house. And yet it was time to move to something else. And yet spiritually, it can be the same thing. Sometimes maybe just an attitude or a confession. Last week, Dr. John Andrews uh, brought an incredible word of finding strength in the word. And, uh, and there was a moment where he talked about many of us, how our devices, our phones can get in the way. We want to get up and get into the word, and yet we're distracted by our phones. And I felt the room lean in. I, I, felt, I felt the collective resonance of the majority of people going, I, I, I get that. That's me. And yet I'd be really surprised this week if there weren't some of us who received that word last week, said amen, saw a week ahead of us where we're going to get up and get into the word. And yet it didn't quite happen in the way we'd hoped. And the reason wasn't that we didn't have the desire. is that we didn't leave behind the problem. We still treated our phones in the same way instead of putting them in a drawer or leaving them on charge and going and sitting with the word. The point is, in order to enter, we have to leave. There might be some things in our lives we need to leave behind, some things we've been doing, how we've been behaving. I remember a time in my life where I found that the Lord was trying to expand me, enlarge my capacity, make me a bigger person from the person that I was and the, the background that I'd come from. And I found the whole process really demanding. And I found myself, I kept saying, I feel overwhelmed. And then I reached a moment where I, I thought, this can't be good. This can't be good because the Bible says if you walk through the waters, they'll not sweep over you. In other words, we have a promise that we're not going to be overwhelmed. But I'm saying I feel overwhelmed. The Bible says that through Christ, I can do all things. But I had to leave behind a confession. There was actually something coming out of my mouth that was reinforcing a mindset that was keeping me in a little place. But to enter in to a stage of life with great capacity, I had to stop saying something over myself. I'm not saying that we're not genuine with people, but sometimes we can actually hem ourselves in by things that we've said or things that we're saying. It might be confession that we need to leave. And the Lord would say, you've stayed long enough at this mountain, but to break camp and advance, we've got to leave some things in order to enter. In my early 20s, I had to address who I was hanging out with. I'd come to faith in Jesus, and I, I had a friendship group. They were, not, they were not the wrong crowd. You know, sometimes people say, don't they? oh, he's got in with the wrong crowd. They weren't the wrong crowd. They weren't bad company, but they weren't people that wanted to run after God like I did. I remember the Lord speaking to me out of Mark 4, where Jesus walks on the water, and it begins, it says, leaving the crowd behind. They took Jesus in the boat just as he was. And, and the Lord said, you need to leave the crowd behind. 
And I had to make a shift. I had to leave some things behind. I didn't sever friendships brutally, but I, I just knew I needed to make some changes as to who I was hanging out with to help me move forward. I wonder for you, is there something that you need to leave behind? Is there something, is there a habit that you've developed, a confession or something? I wonder if the band would come and join me. The third thing I I want us to notice here is that their movement was part of their destiny. Can we say movement? Their movement was part of their destiny. What I want us to grasp here, because most of us, when we, if we're responding to a message like this, we might just be thinking of something that's a next little step. But I, I want to help us remember here today that God works generationally and God works to purpose. And sometimes it's these little step moments that actually are the forerunner to God bringing transformation further down the line. That we shouldn't minimize the significance of these small steps. You know, years late, generations later, when, when David is establishing the kingdom and, and he creates the resources and Solomon builds the temple and the glory of the Lord so fills the temple that the priests cannot enter and minister, it wouldn't have happened if the people of Israel hadn't broken camp and advanced from Horeb. I want to encourage you, if I look back on my life, there have been some moments of encounter with God and I thank God for those moments. But really, we, our lives become the total of our decisions. Doing the next right thing, taking the next right step. And today, there might be the Lord speaking to you, provoking you. You've stayed long enough in this mindset, long enough in this attitude. Maybe you've lost your voice over these last 18 months. You've lost your passion in prayer. Maybe, maybe you've lost your voice of praise. Maybe you've developed some rhythms and and habits and maybe you've just thought, well, I can change those at any moment, but you find it's hard to change them. Why? Because over 18 months, they become entrenched. They're like tent pegs that have been driven hard into the ground and it's time to pull them up. But church, don't lose sight of the fact that it's in these little steps, often that, that actually they pave the way for transformation. They, they pave the way for the outworking of the purpose of God in your life, the things He wants to do in you and through you. For some of us, if we have kids with our, that will impact our kids and their kids because God's a generational God. We can take decisions today and they'll impact our children. This week, Esther and I had the privilege of going out with, uh, for lunch with our three brilliant new interns and we got them to share their journey, their story of coming to faith in Christ. And all of them were deeply impacted at some either a moment or a season in their teenage years. And it just reinforced to me the significance of that stage of life. And some of us, we have teenagers in our households. And what we do, the decisions we take will make such an impact. You may be sense you just need to, need to deal with an attitude, but don't underestimate what the Lord might do from that. So finish, let me share a, a quick story of a friend of ours called Rob, who when he was in his 20s, he was working as a teacher and, and was, was doing well and had the security of, a, of that profession and a sensible salary. But he felt the Lord stirring him, provoking him to come out of that and join a venture of faith to begin a Christian school. 
with no guarantees whether anything would work, whether it was right. But it sensed God was on it. You stayed long enough at this mountain, break camp and advance and, and stepped out. And it's an incredible story of what the Lord did. Hundreds of kids and families impacted. But one family in particular, they, they were not believers, but their son was so struggling at school that they wanted to find a school for him that had really incredible pastoral care. And they found this school, this Christian school, and they put him in. And he was so transformed by being in that school that the whole family came to faith. And a few years later, that, that family, through a business transaction, were able to make a significant amount of money. And at that time, they were part of the church we were part of. At that time, we were doing some mission into northern Ghana, reaching unreached people in northern Ghana. And, and this family were able to invest into that ministry and establish a hospital and a school, help to establish a hospital and a school. And thousands of people got to see the love of God practically and hear the gospel. And, and yet, if you trace back, if Rob hadn't broken camp in advance, would that have happened? Now, okay, would the Lord have provided another way? But the point is, when we take a step, God is a generational God. Sometimes it's these these moments of decision in our lives of saying I've stayed long enough at this mountain it's time for a gear shift that actually it's not only what we need today it's what's going to impact lives tomorrow so I wonder if we can pray let me invite you here if you sense God speaking to you through this word ask you a question, are you willing to make a move? If you sense God speaking to you, you're saying it's time for me to move in some way, I'm gonna invite you to stand where you are right now, just as a response to this word. Say it's time for me to break camp and advance. It's time for me to move forward. If you sense the Lord stirring your heart in some way, just stand with me. Why do you reach out your hands to God? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You don't leave us as we are. Thank you. You love us so much. You don't leave us as we are. You come and provoke us and stir us. And I pray for my brothers and sisters today. I pray for everyone that would stand, whatever you're stirring in them, however you're speaking to them. I pray, Holy Spirit, come. You come and move upon them. We, I pray, God, you would bring a sense of, of change, an urgency, a passion, a commitment. Holy God, I pray you'd help my brothers and my sisters. Help me, Lord. As we make a faith decision in this moment, as we stand up in this moment and, and declare a heart response, I pray, Lord, help us to translate that into an actual response of change, whatever we need to do to put in place, whatever we need to put in place. If you're joining us online and you need to respond, but if you're not standing, why don't you stand and just open up your hands to God? Jesus. Why do you begin to pray where you are? Ask the Lord to help you. Ask the Lord to help you to make the next step, to do whatever you need to do, to take you from faith to faith, grace to grace and glory to glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So come Holy Spirit, I pray, and let our lives bring glory back to you. We pray, would you work through us? Would you work through us in these days and in these, this moment? 
But I pray, Lord, in the days to come and the weeks to come and the months to come and the years to come because our lives were surrendered to you. Because we moved and you provoked us to move. We pray, God, that significance would flow through our lives for the glory of your name. We pray, would you help us? I wonder, church, can we all stand together? In a moment, the band are gonna lead us. Martin's gonna, gonna lead us in a song because I, I believe that this is not just a message for a personal application. I believe the Lord is provoking a gear shift in us. I believe God is stirring a gear shift in His church at this time. I sense that he would, he would be doing something in the nations, but I know I can say that for here at CLM. I believe there's a collective call to break camp and advance, to step into the new day, the new thing that God is doing. You know, God's always doing a new thing. Hello? He's such a creative God. He says, do you not perceive it? See, I'm doing a new thing. It, not often we don't perceive it, but I sense in my spirit, God is doing something new. So I wonder if, if we might join in a moment with this song and make it a powerful declaration that we would make it a prayer and say, God, would you come and move? Psalm 24 says, lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is He, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty, He is the King of glory. I wonder, church, again, if you're not embarrassed, would you raise your hands with me? Can I invite us to begin to pray, to begin to lift up our voices from the back row to the front and say, God, would you move? in our day. Would you move in our time? God, I pray. Why don't you lift your voice with me? Lord, we're looking to you. God Almighty, would you come? Would you come and move in power? We pray, God, you would move in a mighty way. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. We pray for a shift. We thank you, God. You don't leave us where we are. Lord Almighty. Lord Almighty, would you come? Lord, we pray. Would you move? We pray for a new day. We pray for a new thing to arise. Come, Holy Spirit. Will you stir your people? Move in the nations of the earth. Move in us and through us, we pray.